Hello, Cryptonauts. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk to CEO Jake Jabrelli of Jabrelli Farms, uh, and also with Cryptonaut Mike, uh, basically talk about Ravencoin. Now, that's where I met him over at the uh, the Discord Ravencoin, because Ravencoin is awesome in my opinion. It's freaking awesome. So, with that said, hopefully you enjoy the show. I'm sure you will. With that said, I'll catch you all on the next one. All right, let's get the show started. All right, Cryptonauts, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I got a really nice, exciting episode for you. Today, we got Jake Jabrelli, CEO of Jake Jabrelli Farms. He is mining, all right? So if you're interested in mining, definitely reach out to Jake Jabrelli. We also have Cryptonaut Mike, which I just met over the at the uh, the Discord uh, Ravencoin Network. Definitely got to check out, chit chat with him. So we got him on the podcast tonight, and we're basically going to talk about Mike, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. Welcome, welcome. So this is officially your episode, your first episode on the podcast. Well, technically your second because you were on the last one just hanging out. But this is I, I, this is the episode we really get to know who you are now. So with that said, actually, we're, it's gonna be, we're going to rotate. I'm going to talk about myself because we've got a lot, a lot of new uh, cryptonauts on the podcast now. Actually, we're now officially in 52 countries listening from all around the world. It's so amazing that this podcast continues to grow and grow and grow by, by multiplications. It's just growing so quick. And I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of the, um, uh, what do you call it, FOMO, you know, um, or FUD. There's a lot. There's a lot of that going on. So it's given me the opportunity to really get my podcast out there, and a lot of people are listening to my stuff, and it's great. And I really like doing this because it's it's. Just, I like crypto information. Uh oh, hold on a second. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Try to get Jake in the podcast. Okay. Uh, and the podcast continues to grow. So. We're going to go ahead and re- reintroduce, reintroduce ourselves. I mean, I, I, I doubt a lot of these uh, new cryptonauts are going to go back to episode number one, two, three, four, five, and listen to every single podcast. Um, let's see. Is Jake on the podcast? Yes. I don't. Oh, on the podcast? Really? Okay, cool. All right, then. So, like I was saying, I was introducing uh, uh I was introducing you, Jake Jabarelli, CEO of Jake Jabarelli Farms, and I already told all cryptonauts out there to make sure to reach out to you. And we got cryptonaut Mike, the would you call, consider yourself a programmer, developer, more or less, or, or hobbyist, Mike? Definitely hobbyist for sure. Hobbyist. Ho- hobbyist. Well, he's a professional hobbyist <laughs> with with Raven Network. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we got we got a lot of new cryptonauts in, on the podcast listening to this podcast. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start, start off with myself, how I got into crypt, uh, crypto. So I started off in, um, I'm actually surprised when I first heard of Bitcoin, because that's the, the only thing that was out at that time was literally in late 2008, um, was, was Bitcoin. I had this crazy Russian, young Russian, he's probably, he's over 18, under 21, I would say 19, maybe 20 years old. Um, I was working night shifts at, uh, at a hotel as a night auditor. And I was going to college in the daytime, so that's why I was working night shifts so I can study at night. It's it was easy work, um, so it gave me a lot of time to study. But I had uh, this this crazy Russian that would come up to my window. He was actually our night 
guard uh, there at, at the hotel. Um, and he would actually mine Bitcoin out of his van off of his laptop. So he came up to me and he was just so like amped up. He goes, Hey, John, you, you have to, you have to get into Bitcoin, man. You have to get into Bitcoin because the American dollar is going to collapse. It's going to crash. They're going to, they're going to, the government's taking it down by the, the year 20, what was it? 2010, I think it was. By the year 2010, everything's going to collapse. The U.S. government's going to be demolished. You've got to get into Bitcoin now. It's like, this guy's crazy. He literally came up to me like that at like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. This guy's on drugs. You know, I'm thinking this guy's on, I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. What is this? I don't even know what this Bitcoin thing is. You're, you're crazy, man. So I I wished, I wished that at the time, I wished at that time he would have showed me the Satoshi's white paper or the peer-to-peer network of uh, blockchain paper. Then I prob- probably at the time would have had a little more understanding of what crypto was. But since he didn't take the time to show me and he was basically yelling at me at three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, this guy's crazy. This, this guy's crazy. You know? Um... So that kind of subsided. Years later, I would say like three years later, I hear about uh, uh, Mount Gox. Mount Gox kept popping up a lot. You know, what is it, Mount Gox? You know, um, and I started getting more Bitcoin news on, on my, uh, my news feed. Okay, what is this Bitcoin? What is this Mount Gox? I looked into it. I was like, okay, it's, 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 a, it's a digital uh, ledger that you transact peer-to-peer, and it's all code-based. Um, okay, let me let me look a little further into this. So I digged a little further. I started looking, you know, digging deep into the rabbit hole, and I looked. I found a Satoshi's white paper, and I read it. I didn't understand. To be honest, the first time I read it, like, what the heck is this? I read it again. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. There's something. At that time, at that time, I was uh, um, trying to be one of those those guys that you know. I want to be uh, a freedom fighter. You know, I want to fight for everyone's rights and stuff. So we got to basically uh, detach ourselves from government, you know, be gone with the government. So like Bitcoin is the answer. Once I started reading Satoshi's white paper over and over again, I come to realize, you know what? This might be the answer. So I started looking into how can I get into Bitcoin? At that time, there was no there was no exchanges out there, really. How I bought my first Bitcoin was literally uh mike have you heard of a uh, second chance no okay so uh, how, how, how about you jake 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 nope not there okay uh second chance second chance is an online game it's basically a uh, an avatar figure of, of 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 yourself on the internet that's like life-based you know you, you live your life on online uh-oh was that uh-oh. I think I, I think we lost Jake there. Yeah, there he is. All right. Um, you guys hear hey, me? Jake, welcome back. I can hear you. Okay, good. Welcome back. Sorry. Okay, so I'll continue with my story. Uh, sec, uh, second Life. So when I was reading online... Oh, Second Life. Autopilot. Sorry, I know what Second Life is. My bad. <laughs> All right, so reading online, I found out that you can buy Bitcoin uh, through Second Life. So as long as you have a PayPal account... And you have a second uh, second life uh, uh, gaming account. You can go to one of the other users that already has some Bitcoin and buy it off of them. So at the, at that time, Bitcoin was um, like uh, it was it was under hundred under two hundred bucks. It was like one hundred and eighty, maybe one hundred and fifty, r- r- roughly around there. 
$150 for Bitcoin, man. Wow, that was a time. So uh, I was nervous. I was nervous to give my, my, my fiat, you know, something that I held precious to myself. I, I, I didn't really have money to spare, but I said, you know, I want to get into Bitcoin. I, I, the, the Satoshi's white papers convinced me, Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper convinced me that this is the answer to financial freedom. That's what was my, my enlightenment, my financial uh, freedom enlightenment. There it was. And I wanted Bitcoin. So I purchased my first Bitcoin and I had my, my first wallet. Um, and I was nervous. I was nervous. I gave the guy my, uh, my, my, uh, my address. He, he sent over the Bitcoin. I sent, sent him over the cash. And that was my first transaction. And ever since then, I was just like, wow, okay, now I got to get into mining. I don't know anything about coding. I mean, at that time, I knew nothing about coding. All I knew was how to turn my computer on and surf the web. That's, that's all. That was, that was it. You know, uh, and I, when I got into mining um, early on, right away, after I got my first Bitcoin, I got into mining right away uh, and started doing it off my laptop. And I started buying some ASICs. At the time, the ASICs that I, I purchased were some uh, grid seed miners. Um, those are now extinct. I mean, they still exist, but they, they don't, you're not going to earn anything off of those things. Um, I beg that's how ASICs are. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, okay, much, when you, when you, you can you... earn something. <laughs> uh, something's better than nothing, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So continuing on, um, I had my my I had a bunch of ASICs in my room blaring loud, a bunch of fans, a bunch of white noise. The room was hot. It was unbearable. I slept through that month after month after month, mining crypt, mining Litecoin Litecoin at the time. Um, it was fun, man. The sleepless nights. It was fun. Then I got into uh, Poloniex Exchange and I got into trading on there, and. Trading is not for me. I lost a lot of money in trading um, because the timing was wrong, man. I, w- I, always, I always bought at the top and sold at the bottom. That's, that was my thing. And so I realized real quick, it's not for me. As I became more enlightened with crypto and I started to understand a little more, um, I started settling on just hodling. Hodling was more of the answer. That's more of my style. And then the Ethereum, Ethereum virtual machine came out. The, the ICO came out and I wanted to get into that. I read, I read Vitalik Buterin's white paper and I was amazed. I said, okay, this is the blockchain 2.0. I want to get into this now. Unfortunately, at the time, I had all my crypto locked up in cloud mining because at the time, cloud mining was very popular and I, I had a contract for like so many months and I had like two, two months or a month left in my contract before it expired and, and I was able to, to uh, uh, get my, my cryptos out of there. Oh man, when uh, when Ethereum came out, it was literally three cents in Ethereum, three cents for an ICO. Yes, and I bought just a little more than you know. I think I bought it at like nine cents or twelve cents uh, per per ETH, and I had a few hundred ETH at the time. Unfortunately, still I made a lot of other mistakes, and I can I jumped back into the exchange market and and sold off a bunch of altcoins that were dead tokens. Uh, later on, and and that's part of my history. Uh, you learn from your mistakes, and I hope cryptonauts, please, please learn from my mistake. If you're not a professional trader, do not trade. I, for now, my thing is stack sats and hodl, 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 hodl. Whatever token you have, hodl them. You're going to make more money off of that fiat-wise. Um, so after that, um, I, I continue to hodl. And Celsius came out. I got into Celsius very early on, and I loved it from the beginning. 
And from there on, this is where I'm at now. I, I had a YouTube, a crypto YouTube channel uh, dedicated for YouTube news and stuff. And it was, it was awesome. I, I since shut that down and now I'm doing this podcast with Mike and Jake. <laughs> All right. So that's my story. Now, Jake, go ahead. Take it nice. over. Let's see what your story is about. Nice segue. Uh, <laughs> um, you guys should still hear me okay? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, I did not get into it quite as early as John. I, I was in the same boat of the, what the heck is this, when somebody comes and tells me I should buy into Bitcoin. Now, I heard about Bitcoin pretty early on, probably about the same time John did, but um, I didn't get into it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't of any interest. I was too busy with my job. Um, but uh, when I was teaching Sunday school in 2012, one of my Sunday school students told me about it. He was mining Bitcoin in his bedroom um, on his, on his one computer he had, which is a gaming computer at the time. And, uh, he, he, it, I didn't get into it then, but it had stuck in my mind at that point. Cause he, every single Sunday, he kept telling me about Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin. I was like, okay, dude, this must be interesting to something. I don't know why it's fun. He's like, well, cause you can make it in your house. I was like, yeah, you can, you can make uh, moonshine in your house, but I, uh, I'm not going to do that either. Um, but, uh, it really came down to, uh, him telling me about it's about Litecoin. I think in June of 2014, he's like, "Hey, there's a new coin coming out. You should totally check it out." So I actually checked it out, and lo and behold, it wasn't really that complicated to mine. So I myself, uh, like John, got into Litecoin in in, in mid 2014. Bought a lot of the hardware. Actually, have some grid seed um, still life. She originally bought the dual miners, the USB dual miners that did Bitcoin and Light, uh, Litecoin at the same time. But I only use them for Litecoin. Um, then I did, uh, I bought a Zeus miner, which was a full rack mining, uh, it was like 500 bucks. And that one was making, cranking me out. Uh, I don't remember how much Litecoin I was getting per day, but at one point I was making three or four times what my electricity cost was. I ended up paying off that miner. And then when the, when the cost of, of the coin went down again, I just kind of gave up on it. And, uh, it wasn't until 2016 when I decided, hey, Bitcoin's going up. I should, I should buy some of it. So I bought uh, was it one whole Bitcoin for $400 in 2016. And I was like, I know it's going to go higher than this. So when it came back around to $800, I don't remember if it was like a year later or something, I sold to cover and covered my $400 cost and just kept that half a Bitcoin until the, the previous monster peak at uh, 20K in uh, late December of 2017, when I traded that half Bitcoin, roughly worth $10,000, to another guy who had a couple of Antminer L3s. Um, and then I used those L3s until the price dropped so far as it was pointless to mine uh, script-based coin. I did make my money back, fortunately, actually twice over. Um, and then once the price dropped down into nothing in the in the late 20, 2018, early 2019, I just turned all of the equipment off and and uh, stuck it in my garage. Um, and uh, I didn't really get back into this seriously until about, what was it, uh, 20, what was it, 2019? 2019? Yeah, mid-2019, when I started my, pot, my um, YouTube channel. J the Jabarelli YouTube channel, but it wasn't really much of anything at the time. 
Um, and it wasn't until last year, June 2020, that I really started looking back into doing mining again. I didn't know about this. You know, I had no crystal ball. I didn't know we were going to go to 40,000 in Bitcoin. Um, but at the time, I knew that, that based on the amount of the cost of power where I lived, I, and then I found a place where I'm currently at, this, this mining operation here, where they were charging a gross lease. I didn't have to pay for power. And I'm like, that's a godsend to miners. So I leased a space and, and started building up, got some cards from a friend who didn't need his anymore, built up the hardware. And then, I mean, as of right now, I was actually just checking this out. I can't, the reason you guys lost me earlier was because uh, <laughs> I accidentally flipped away on my phone to another uh, thing to try to check out what the prices were. And when I was just looking at it, all right, I am literally looking at my mining panel right now. I've got 16 cards running at about 30 mega hash. And so their total uh, mega hash is roughly 500. I'm mining a hundred US dollars a day at the current rate, um, which is nigh on to 0.1 ETH a day. Not quite that much, but close to it. Um, and of course the price of ETH is going up quite a bit, but I'm going to, let me backtrack just a little bit before I get to what's going on right now. Um, I started a YouTube channel initially started as about phone farming. Then I got into crypto cause I love crypto. Uh, crypto's, how do I put it? Like an old girlfriend, I just can't leave. Um, and uh, uh, we keep seeing each other in the hallway and we're like, God, this was such a good, I'm not going to curse on this podcast, but such a good bang um, that uh, I just can't, uh, I can't, I can't quit her. Uh, and so I got back into, uh, you know, I went into trading for the second time. Per John's com comment, I actually did trading back in 2016. I had a lot of money back then. I had probably about 20, 30 grand to trade with um, in cash. And I, I, I nearly blew all of it on trading. I, I just, I was doing, uh, what's it called? Uh, trading on margin, multiple margin, like uh, 10X, 25X, 50X. Yeah, that's where you lose your money. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, I, don't do that. Yes. Don't do that. Yeah, it, you can get lucky, <laughs> but you can also get just as bad, just as, just as much as in the, in the opposite direction. Okay. So. Just just to inject this for the cryptonauts, please don't do margin trading unless you're a professional. And even if you're a professional, it's still a lucky bet. It's not yeah, a yeah. strategic way, bet. It is a lucky bet. Yeah, the way that I've learned to do it is you bet two different houses at the same time. I'm not saying this always works. I'm just saying that if you have one bet up and one bet down, hopefully, hopefully, and there's no way of guaranteeing it, the bet up makes you more than the bet down does. The point is to bet against two things. That's the only way I ever, could ever justify it legitimately like this is actually how hedge fund traders do it of course they know they can lose just like the, the GameStop thing that happened recently but when you're betting up on one and betting down on another hopefully they both win and if one wins and the other one loses at least you broke even the point is don't just bet one way always bet multiple ways that's that's the only way you can you can hedge as to whether you, or not you may or more likely to break even and not just lose so anyways, I, I'm not going to go into the details of that. that I learned a lot about trading um, from a lot of the uh, YouTubers with whom I spoke, but I also found out that trading can be a very volatile thing just because there's so much legality. It, it, crypto is such a new space. You, you really got to be careful. Um, anyways, the, the thing I'm trying to get to is that I started my YouTube channel, started talking about crypto, met with the ire of YouTube. And I'm glad that I moved off of YouTube. I still have YouTube stuff, but it's mostly on library because uh, YouTube is, is a ripe haven for abuse. 
and it gets abused constantly. And so even though I'm, I know lots of people make millions of dollars on YouTube, probably even billions like Mr. Beast, but uh, he just happens to have a good thing going. Us little guys, us nobodies, we'll, we'll do better on library. So I moved to library, all my content's on library, just like it is on YouTube. I produce on YouTube, but then I copy the library. And uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm where I'm now today with Jabberley Farms doing uh, mining, mining uh, as a service. So I host other people's hardware. And that's why I, as we were talking earlier uh, with another client that I had, uh, why I'm not in the hole for tens of thousands of dollars because it's not my hardware. So nice. if anyone's interested, and I obviously podcast listeners for Cryptonauts could be interested, but um, I'm only in one area out here in Sacramento, Northern California. So you'd have to be local to that for it to make any difference. I, I don't do remote stuff. All right, Mike, what's your, uh, what's your experience in crypto? How did you get into crypto? Um, first time I heard about Bitcoin, I think it was like 2016 when some friends of friends were using it to make a Silk Road purchase. And then I didn't, <laughs> then I just like nice. tucked it in the back of my head. Um, and then. Hold on, let's backtrack. Hold on a second. You got to explain Silk Road. All these new crypto knots, I, they're not going to know what Silk Road is. You got to explain what Silk Road is. So Silk Road used to be a marketplace where you could buy and sell pretty much anything. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Using crypto as a payment method. Yes. Yeah, using crypto as a payment method. It's since been shut down by the FBI. And I think Silk Road 2.0 came out and that's been shut down as well. Um, I'm sure there's a lot there's a lot of other black markets out there uh, that I recommend getting into them. Not really. I mean, I, that's not that's not my forte, but... If you're into the dark market, then I'm sure there's a lot of dark markets out there that you can get into and, and use your crypto with. Anyways, sorry about that. Go ahead. No worries. No worries. Um, so then late 2017, I started building apps with some friends. And then a series of pivots later, started mining Ravencoin in like February 2018. Just been a fun ride ever since. I actually bought Ravencoin before I bought Bitcoin. Well, I, I bought Bitcoin and then I immediately traded the Bitcoin for Ravencoin. But, why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would you do that? I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> what, what was your thought process behind that? So my thought process was Bitcoin is the thing I need to use in order to buy Ravencoin. And I need to buy Ravencoin. So you, so you really had no interest in, in hodling Bitcoin? Um, no. I mean, now... You know, at the time, I wasn't really caring about my future. I was like more in the moment. I was just so excited about Ravencoin. Um, but since then, I definitely like tuck away a certain percentage of my paycheck in Bitcoin. And I, I definitely hodl too. So you, so you didn't know about uh, Bitcoin back when it first came out in 2008, 2009? No, I mean, I got it, but it didn't really didn't hit me like I, because I didn't get it like in the beginning I wasn't really interested in it as much as I was Raven because that was like a new thing okay. now let me ask you did you read Satoshi's white paper yeah uh, early on um no at, at the beginning at the beginning it, like late 2017 early 2018 oh, okay yeah okay yeah yeah that's to me that was like my my eye opener right there um, well, Satoshi's white paper. So for the cryptonauts 
read Satoshi's white paper, not once, not twice, read it a dozen times until you're comfortably, until you, you can comfortably understand what it's saying to you. Because there's, there's a lot of stuff on there that's just like, well, it doesn't make any sense. And if you need help, there's now a massive community out there that's that can easily help you decipher what's what, what Satoshi was trying to talk about. Um, so what that is, was that it, Mike? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty, pretty much. That's pretty much it. Also, right. um, like like six months after reading the white paper, it really hit me the value of going eight places to the right of the decimal point. Like that's, uh, okay. you know, stacking sats is a real thing. And that like makes sense. It didn't like when I first heard about it, it didn't make sense. Like honey miner using that and just stacking a few hundred sats on a laptop that like I didn't see any value. Now I definitely see the value of collecting for the next decade. Does Honeyminer still exist? I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a long time. Yeah, it's still out there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. I've, nice. I've been advertised it on my channel. I haven't used that in a long time. All right. So I, I would like to say let's go ahead and wrap it up, but no, we're not done yet, Cryptonauts. We're not done. Uh, that was our introduction. I hope you appreciate all that, and I hope you learn from our personal experiences into crypto. But let's get into Ravencoin. That's why we have Mike on on the podcast to talk about Ravencoin. It's something that uh, Jake and I were were we've been we've been working with Ravencoin for. I don't. Do you want to say working? We we got connected into Ravencoin, and I'm I'm personally excited about uh, about working on Ravencoin and developing uh, with their assets because th their platform is so easy to use. It's amazing, and I don't want to call it a uh, uh, a Ravencoin blockchain like Bitcoin. It's Ravencoin platform. That's the way I describe it. Uh, well, actually, that's actually how the website describes it as well. It's not it's it's not a protocol. It is a platform for people to develop assets off of and easily use to to transfer over to uh, either possible clients, customers, or uh, make contracts out of them. You know, so uh, Mike. I'll pass over the mic to you if you want to uh, talk about Ravencoin. Um, yeah, man. What do you want to know you about it? Well, okay. Well, I, you got into Ravencoin early on. Uh, what got you into Ravencoin? So um, I'm a little bit too young to have really had the potential to cash in on the dot-com boom. So I always thought that, like, I, I missed my window in the internet I didn't really spend that much time on the computer because I thought, you know, I'm too late to the party. As a Californian, you know, like you want to get to that gold mine first. You don't want to be there way, way late. And then I, um, I learned the concept of digital scarcity and it really, really uh, piqued my interest. And then the fact that it can't be censored is pretty great. Uh, I went all in from there. For the first time in my life, I felt like, oh, I can just plant my uh, digitally scarce real estate flag and own a little piece of the internet now. Yeah, I think I think that that point you just made is. I'm sorry to jump in on, on Mike's uh, space here, no but I want to I want to try to reiterate the point of this because I and John have both experienced our lack of comprehension of the importance of digital scarcity. Maybe it's not a term that anyone's heard of. Maybe maybe they have heard of it before, but scarcity is what makes something valuable especially when people start wanting it. So one of the exa best examples of is if anyone's watching the news right now and they can see that the, uh, the federal, uh, United States federal government is printing money left and right, just making it come out their ears. It's, it's, it's freaking everywhere. 
there's so much money coming out it's devaluing the dollar maybe that doesn't make sense to people and i can totally understand why people might not be comprehending it but the 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 point of things and i'm going to use bitcoin as an example here um bitcoin there's only 21 million bitcoins period once we find the last one which could be 50 years from now but once we find the last one there won't be any more there can't be any more. Now there are plenty of other coins. There's 6,200 of them out there, but some of them are limitless like Dogecoin and Ethereum, but Bitcoin is not. It's a limited commodity. It is scarce. That's why it's 30 freaking thousand dollars. We're almost 40 right now. Um, yeah. It's because it's a limited commodity, but it's also ridiculously useful. It is so valuable in the sense of what it can do. Not, I mean, obviously Bitcoin is not a platform like ETH or, or Raven is, but um it's in the sense of it's it's ubiquitous. Everybody can use it. It's it's available everywhere. Any country, no government owns it. I mean, some of the governments do own it, but they own part of it, not the whole thing. So they don't have control over it. They can't print more. They can't make more. They can't make the value of Bitcoin go down because they're stupid, like the U.S. government. And thank goodness our forefathers allowed us to talk about the government in that way. Thank you, forefathers, for saying that. <laughs> making that like legit. But what point I want to make about digital scarcity is that it's a, we all recognize the value of digital product. I'm going to name Facebook as an example or Google. These are, these are tools. They have value. They have purpose. Bitcoin, Ravencoin, Ethereum, they all have purpose. But digital scarcity like Ravencoin, or in the case I gave before, Bitcoin, means that the, that the more people want it and the less there is of it, the more the value of the thing there is. So as Ravencoin becomes more popular, it will become more valuable, and the platform will only grow from there. So I, I don't, I'm not trying to take away from your from your point there, um, no Mike, but I really want to make the point clear. If no one else gets it, I, I could probably talk talk it you know for hours about this topic <laughs> because it's yeah. so incredibly important to recognize that even though something's digital and copyable, that doesn't necessarily mean it's infinitely copyable. Exactly. Um, I, I think the the best example I heard was uh, I I used to host uh, um, uh, crypto crypto conferences, and one of the one of the guest speakers basically said the difference between between uh, Super Mario's token coin and Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is 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 a scarce asset. It's a, it has real value versus Super Mario's token. That is something that is continuously produced and it has no value. It's infinite. There's there's no money backing up those tokens. Who, who knows? Maybe in the future somebody might develop a, a new a new Mario game and, and bring some value to those to those tokens. Who knows? But unlikely. I, 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 yeah. I, but I understood what he was trying to say. Right? Well, hold on there. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know, that's why that's where I have to plug in my uh, my IPFS uh, game uh, Run Satoshi Run. Because uh, that's more of the, the, what I was trying to do. If you check that out, I have it. Uh, I have it already uploaded on IPFS. Run, push it, run. Collect the coins. You collect uh, a, a behind every single coin. I was trying to tether in uh, some crypto behind it. A couple of uh, Sats or or some. So what is what is the lowest denomination of Raven called? <laughs> there is no answer to that question. It's whatever okay. you want it to be. It's birdies, I guess. Birdies. <laughs> Tweety. <laughs> But yeah, the, the the lowest denomination. I was trying to use that. So when you play the game, you're gonna collect these small little fractions of of tokens just by playing the game. So that was gonna be pretty cool. Anyways, um, Mike, 
In regards to Ravencoin, there's a lot of things going on with Ravencoin. I do see something. I'm looking at Discord right now, the Ravencoin Discord. Way at the bottom of Discord, they do mention Mimblewimble. Um, is Mimblewimble integrated into Ravencoin? Um, I don't think so. Not I don't think so. Totally sure on that. No, I don't think I, so either. But I, I think that's Greencoin. That's Greencoin, right? So somebody yeah. developed, uh, somebody created a room here in regards to Member One. But I was just kind of curious because it's way here on the bottom. I was like, what is that about? Uh, but yeah, Greencoin is a different uh, different crypto uh, that that integrates Member Wimbo. Uh, let's go back up to the top. I'm, so I am checking out Discord if you guys want to follow along on that uh, development. What's what's in development right now, uh, Mike? With, uh, with Ravencoin? So a Bitcoin version of MetaMask, it's gonna start with Ravencoin, but it definitely should also be compatible for Bitcoin. For Bitcoin. Um, there's a hard fork in the works to make it so that assets can be traded on a DEX, which would be amazing. Oh, and the foundation just got, uh, just got set up and it's going well. I saw that's, it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Oh, so you, you a lot wanna, of stuff at once. You also want to elaborate that you said the foundation just got started, but Ravencoin has been out for a long time and it's been doing so good without a foundation, right? It's all been yeah. volunteer. It's all been volunteer based. All the, all the, the information in regards to Ravencoin has been volunteer has been just people that really like Ravencoin and understand it have been doing it themselves. There is no actual, um, money bag for for people out there that were developing on Ravencoin to say, okay, you're paying me to develop on Ravencoin, then I'll go ahead and uh, create something for that. No, there was nothing. People were just volunteering their time because they really loved the idea of what Ravencoin was bringing, uh, bringing to value. To me, this is what it reminds me of. To be honest, to me, when I started reading Ravencoin's uh, uh, code, I started to realize, you know what? This reminds me of the, of, of the beginning of what Bitcoin was trying to do at the beginning. And now it's on Ravencoin. That's how I feel about it. There's a lot of there's a, there's a purity about Ravencoin that Bitcoin has become so corporate about. Yeah, it's definitely it feels like an underdog coin, despite having a lot of code similarities to Bitcoin. When is this hard fork coming out? Uh, I am not sure yet. I think the code the fork code's already been written. It just needs a proper audit. And then once it gets audited, then we'll do the vote to fork. And in the past, it's usually been like, I think, 89% of the miners agreeing for the fork for it to kick in. Mm -hmm. eight and, eight, around 89, 91%, right? Something like that. Because I, I remember, I, uh, yeah, I remember, what was it? ETH? I think ETH needed 91%. But regardless, anyways, um, well, the next question was, what are the benefits of using a Ravencoin? So for the cryptonauts out there that don't know what Ravencoin is or what, what kind of value it has, what can people use Ravencoin for? So on a personal level, I love using Ravencoin as a cloud storage uh, provider. I just make the IPFS asset of whatever I want to save, whether it's a book or movie, and then I spend five Raven. I get to name the asset, and then I always have that in my wallet in perpetuity. I remember a really long time ago, it was some uh, famous celebrity sued Apple Music 
because he had bought like $40,000 worth of songs and wanted to pass it along to his son in his will. And there was some kind of legal problem with that at the time where um, once you're done, you can't transfer the contents of your Apple account. I always thought, yeah, it sucks. You're always beholden to someone else for your data. But this, you can hold your own data, hold your own tokens, and pass those on to whoever you want, whenever you want. Okay. So I want to I want to let I want to let Jake talk about this again, in regards to the valuable asset behind your digital your digital identity, your digital product, your own your your own assets digitally on blockchain versus centralized. Uh, Jake. Um, well, let's see here. Uh, I guess the analogy I would use is something to which I personally been personally used, personally experienced is, um, I am a big movie buff and I have a lot of movies that are owned officially by, um, uh, Google and Amazon. I have probably six or seven hundred digital movies that are on those services if I combine them together. Um, more of them on Google than on Amazon, but uh, before Google had a thing, I did it through Amazon. And uh, obviously those are copyrighted, so somebody needs to own the copyright. But in the past, when you had DVDs and before that VHS and before that LaserDisc, um, the, well, actually, same time. But anyways, the point is uh, you could own your own copy. It's yours. You can do with it. You can sell it to someone else if you want. Um, it's still your copy. Now, you, you have a license to use that one copy for yourself, which is about as far as, as the rights to the media go. Um, but uh, if those companies, for whatever reason, just decide to you know clam up or, or disappear, I doubt they will, but let's say one of them did, I lose those copies. I mean, their services are gone. I don't have access. There have been other services like that that didn't last quite as long and weren't, weren't as big as these two you know, mega corporations. And people who bought from those companies, they've lost that those, those licenses, even though they technically have bought a license to that software or that, that uh, media format. If the people aren't there to broadcast it, then you don't get to keep a copy of it. Now, I know that Amazon did let you download the videos, but you had to use their decryptor to, to watch them, which kind of annoying but um <laughs> that's let's such a catch too as a contrast that i mean obviously with a a blockchain based license like on raven then you could get your own little token that said i have access to this at any time anywhere um and it's mine forever no one can take it away from me even if that company disappears so the advantage therein is at least with that analogy that when you own it you own it it's yours no one can take it away from you unless they physically steal it from you, but even so, the, the law would protect you against that. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, you're not dependent, or in this case, on Amazon or, or Google existing. Like I said, I don't think they're going away anytime soon. They might get bought up by someone else, but the fact of the matter is, with blockchain ownership, decentralized blockchain ownership of that sort, I don't have to depend on them to uh, host my, my, my license. I get to keep it for myself. Now, I will analogize this or run this analogy over to library because library allows us to do that as an example. And library is not, doesn't do everything that Raven does, but it's similar. It's the one that I know most about at the moment is that you can pretty much find the token or the, the address for the, um, 
for the, the copy of the information that you're looking for. So let's say a video that you wanted to watch that somebody, maybe they made it on YouTube and then they put it on library. Um, as long as you can find that, that name for that, uh, for that token address for that piece of media, then you can watch it. You know, somebody, somebody somewhere is hosting it. Um, you don't necessarily have to have it like it is with YouTube on YouTube. Um, YouTube currently hosts and they, they decide what goes in and out. They decide who sees what. They decide everything. It's all in their court. Whereas with blockchain, it's in your court or whoever else is hosting it. As long as you can find the address on the internet, you can watch it. So um, assuming that internet continues and that assume that internet is a thing indefinitely, as we, I think we all hope it does, um, then uh, you'll most likely be able to find that thing unless there's like a giant firewall of China in your way. Um, not in this country at least, but uh, there are some countries that don't like you to, to watch media because uh, it might influence you to think for yourself. Um, in any case, the, the, the advantage of decentralized uh, tokenized items is that you can get to it as long as the internet exists and you have access to it from anywhere. And it's yours for as long as you want to have it. I hope that sums up the idea Absolutely. as far as I understand Absolutely. it. And so the next, the next evolution of internet is a web 3.0. Uh, the current issues that we have right now with the internet, to, to my knowledge, is we got a lot of bottlenecking, a lot of throttling with the internet, a lot of DDoS attacks that are going on. That is, there's too much traffic going on in the internet. That uh, let, let me let me think. Um, what was recent? That uh, that uh, was it. Robinhood. Robinhood had this big issue with too many users jumping onto the platform that was bottlenecking the system. That they actually had to shut down their system. Apparently. Um, so they say. So they say. That's why I say it. Apparently. <laughs> but it's 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 happened over time. Where there's been a lot of networks ha that actually had a shut that, that actually got been DDoS attacked um, over and over again, and they had to shut down their system because of that. With with Web 3.0 or IPFS inter what is it what is it called interplanetary file system I think that's file system called? yeah file system yeah, that's right. so that's like Web 3.0 that is that's peer to peer that's people uh, um, working on the network decentralized all around the globe people are basically volunteering their computer. Their, uh, their computer time to host these nodes all around the globe so it's not centralized. So you don't have um, uh, AWS uh, hosting your stuff. It's all decentralized on IPFS. So if you, load, if you upload something on IPFS, it's there forever, it, unless it's completely dis, uh, deleted off of every single node, it's there. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. Nope, spot on. Okay. IPFS. As long as you know the hash or, you, or or the address of the IPFS, you can get that. Now, what's awesome is that IPFS has been in, integrated with the Ravencoin. Going back to Ravencoin, which brings a, a huge amount of value to Ravencoin, because now you uh, everybody that has Ravencoin can now integrate media into their token. That's what's so amazing is that as long as you have a wallet, you can literally go anywhere around the world, and as long as you have your wallet with that Ravencoin asset. Um, in that wallet, you can watch all the movies, all the shows, uh, uh, every every podcast, my podcast, hopefully in the future, uh, and books, anything you want, anything you want. If you got assets, you got certificates, you you got other fiat on there, it can stick stay on IPFS forever in your wallet, locked in in there, and nobody can get it except you with your private seed. That's awesome, and and I mentioned this before. A, a, a blockchain or a platform has 
a certain amount of value, but there's other third-party developers that bring even more value to the platform. And that, to me, is IPFS. That brought so much more extra value to uh, to Ravencoin. And the next thing, like you mentioned, Mike, um, is a MetaMask version uh, for for Ravencoin. That's awesome. Yeah, that would be a game changer. Yeah, the next the next phase and selling assets on the market. Nice little exchange. Hopefully, that comes out real soon. Hint, hint. <laughs> oh, it's it's coming. <laughs> Nothing is going to stop right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you, you got in mind about Ravencoin? Nope, not really. Nothing really, huh? Um, so the only other thing I wanted to make is we, we talked about this pre-show was I wanted to get Mike to kind of tell me his opinion and his perspective on why Ravencoin is better uh, once these tools become available that we're talking about uh, than... Uh, than Ethereum. Ethereum right now is the big boy on the on the block, no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, for uh, developing other apps. But Ravencoin has so much potential, and nobody really—well, not nobody, but not a lot of people see it yet. So, Mike, could you speak to the point of what where Raven could go in the very near future, assuming some of these tools become available, like the MetaMask equivalent? Yeah, there's or some kind of thing like OpenSea. There's so. definitely a lot of parallels between what Ravencoin does and wants to do and be able to do, and what Ethereum does and wants to do and be able to do. Uh, the, the only thing is, Ethereum is a lot more expensive to use, and a lot of the code is open source, so it's easy to learn and migrate from it. I, I mean, I like Ethereum a lot. I like using it. I like developing on it. But every time I spend Ethereum, I just I feel like I'm getting fucked. So sorry, I like yes, like in not in the no, way no, I no. don't with Bitcoin. Totally understood. Like with Bitcoin, it's yes, like exactly. that that's the cost to play the game. Whereas with Ethereum, yeah. it's like uh, I know there's so many people who are rich off this just for being first in line, not re- like a really yep. work type thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing I had. I actually joined. Let me get another analogy here. I joined a. Uh, Super Mega, uh, uh, sorry, Mega Cryptopia, uh, not long after it started up, basically still beta. And I got in there and I was like, oh, wow, look at all this land you could buy. You know, digital land, scarce land, it's just only so much of it. Except when I went to go buy even the smallest piece of property uh-huh. on Ethereum, <laughs> it was like, they wanted at the time, Ethereum was like two, $300 a, a pop at the time, but they're like, oh yeah, um, 30 Ethereum. I'm like, Ethereum, holy crap, that's like 30 grand. I can't afford that. It's insane. You know what? You know what's funny? I was in I was in OpenSea just a couple of days ago. I was checking out um, uh, what uh, what sort of um, assets they have on there. I was like checking the most affordable stuff on there, and there's some pretty cool stuff that is literally free. There's there's literally no no um, um, amount of ETH. It's literally 0.00 ETH for this it's like okay they want you to buy it just so it can have some sort of value because if if you pay the transaction fee that means you're bringing value to it already now i said okay i'm kind of curious what are the transaction fees let me click on open seas and i connected my wallet to it and i looked like oh my god oh (laughs) (laughs) i said no no cancel cancel back out back out it's free but the transaction fee is like 40 bucks it's like no way dude no way that's insane yeah. yeah, I had the same problem earlier when I was trying to get tokens off of Gala Games. They're like, hey, you can take these two new tokens, uh, 100 uh, Gala and uh, this this great little card. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take that. And then the, the 
the gas fee was 70 bucks. I'm like, uh, nope. Oh my God. So I'm not giving, okay. I'm not giving you $70 for a hundred dollars. So that is not just us, but there's millions of people out there that are using Ethereum that are, that are complaining about the same issue. Now, what, what, what is Ravencoin? If you know uh, the answer to it, what is Ravencoin doing to, to prevent this from ever happening? If it's even possible, the, the inflation part about it when it comes to transaction fees, because right now the transaction fees are very modest, very, very modest. It's like point zero 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 two of a Raven coin. So I can do hundreds of, of transactions just with one Raven coin. And, yeah. and one and one Raven coin right now is like worth like two cents or three cents, something like that. So it's, yeah. it's really great two, to work. Two and with. Half cents. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great to work with. Oh, yeah, most definitely is. And even if it, what's the, what's the plan? <laughs> <laughs> the, the question, the question, I, I, the answer that I want to know is, is, is there a possibility that Ravencoin can become Ethereum in the future? If there's more and more users on the platform making transactions happen, which is pumping up the, the amount of transactions on the blockchain. I mean, I don't honestly, I didn't check, check, but what was the limitation uh, of transactions per second on the blockchain on, on the Ethereum, on the Ravencoin blockchain. I'm not sure, but I know it's it's really really high. Okay. So it, like there can be a lot of throughput. Oh, that's 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 good then. That means that the uh, uh, the amount of fees won't be as high. Um, but let's say that it. So it's kind of frustrating because I, I want to say that it's not going to go up the fees aren't going to go up, but it is over time as more and more user base comes on. Because that's, that's, that's the thing about block that when you get more users making transactions on the network, then obviously the fees do go up, right? Um, not, you know what? I'm not sure if Ravens hit like a max capacity type thing where it's ever been an issue. Okay. Um, but there are that, other, that's like, that's not my wheelhouse. But there are other protocols out there to remedy this situation. I can't remember what the thing is. Sentinel, I think it was called? Sentinel? Sentinel Protocol? I'm trying to remember what it was. But uh, it, it does integrate with... Somebody's writing the code right now for for Bitcoin. I doubt it's going to uh, come out on Bitcoin. Maybe maybe uh, test Bitcoin. But everything usually comes out on Litecoin first. But it would be nice to see that... Um, that uh, that Ravencoin can actually adopt some of these uh, protocols that are being developed right now and become the first ones to use that. Now, what's stopping Ravencoin from, from taking this code uh, and, and using it immediately before Litecoin? Because there's been other protocols that have been put onto Litecoin and then later on put onto uh, uh, Bitcoin. Because from my understanding, Ravencoin uses the same blockchain code as as uh, Bitcoin, right? Yep. So if... So yeah, if that so the, the thousands and thousands of developers that are working on Bitcoin right now, producing all these BIPs, why can't we just integrate those things in into Ravencoin and just bring more value to Ravencoin? We definitely can. So uh, Ravencoin only has Bitcoin similarities since the since it forked a few years ago. So all the stuff made in the past two years has to be migrated over. Um, that definitely takes some code review. Okay. Now, my understanding is that it Ravencoin is Bitcoin core and only core, but it doesn't hold um, 
the the throughput, like you said, Ravencoin actually did modify that and push a lot more throughput through it. And also when it comes to uh, uh, finding blocks, I think it's one minute, correct? Yep, one minute, every 60 one minute seconds block. there's a block. Every, six, yep. every 60 seconds. Um, and how many how many uh, tokens out of that? It's like uh, 500 or 5,000? 5,000. And the five. next Ravencoin happening is pretty soon. I think it's this year. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. It's every four oh. years, just like Bitcoin. So I'm going to let you explain what the Haven's all about, because like I said, there's a lot of new cryptonauts out there that don't know what a Haven is or what kind of effect it has on blockchain or on an asset or on, 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 on Ravencoin. So uh, I know you know the answer, so I'm going to let you take over. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, okay. So basically with Bitcoin, a block is mined every 10 minutes, give or take, like by a few seconds. And then from there, a certain amount of Bitcoin is split as a reward. I think, are we at, is it 12 and a half now? 6, 6.25. 6.25? Yeah, yeah, 6 and a quarter. Yeah. I, I try not to care about the number because I know I'm never going <laughs> to mine Bitcoin. And like, I kind of just don't want even to think about it. But yeah. So Ravencoin's first happening is coming up and it's going to go from 5,000 to 2,500 every minute. But, but there's a having, right? Yeah, I, I can I, did, did you say how often? Yeah, every four years, just like every, Bitcoin. Every, just like Bitcoin, every four years, and this is the fourth year for for Ravencoin, right? Uh, it started. No, it started January twenty something in twenty eighteen. So this is the first happening. For yeah, Ravencoin yeah, then? this will be the first one. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow! 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 So it's going to drop down to uh, twenty five hundred. Now having less, uh, less, less, less Ravencoin to mine, that obviously brings value to itself. Obviously, there's a, there's a scarcity amount of, of uh, tokens being distributed or being mined, so that brings more value to the token. Um, you guys want to guys want to explain that? Want to take that, Jake? Well, as far as happening, I mean, I, I know I made a big stink about this back when the last Bitcoin happening happened, but what we were talking about was uh, scarcity before. Um, as it as it as the coin halves in the amount of reward there is for finding a block, the uh, 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 the number of coins that are totaled in the entire Ravencoin scope is lessened. Uh, we won't be getting as many, and it's the same thing as going on with Bitcoin. Obviously, Bitcoin's a much, much lower point, although it is worth, worth a lot more. And this is what will inevitably happen to Ravencoin in that same sort of sense. As the scarcity increases, the value of Ravencoin will also increase. Mm-hmm. I hope that is that not what you were hoping yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was just reading here. Um, all right, so I think we're pretty much done. We're, we're going to wrap it up, unless you guys have anything else. Um, there, oh, Ravencoin, if you're looking for a way to develop your assets, any assets you want digitally, or even physically, if there, there's, a, there's a high possibility. It's, it's possible. It's not impossible. It's very possible to sell physical product using, uh, using Ravencoin. So if you're looking to uh, get into a market uh, decentralized, it's so easy, so easy. Download uh, Ravencoin's uh, uh, desktop version. You can create your assets on there, sell your sell your products on there. Uh, if they buy buy your your, uh, your is is it considered an NFT or just an asset? Uh, my, um, I'd call it an NFT. 
NFT. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you can you, so you can sell your NFT um, on the market once the market opens up. Uh, once once somebody uh, completes the code on that, and once it gets uh, <laughs> once it gets reviewed, <laughs> uh, then right. you can sell you can sell your physical products on there. You can sell digital products on there. Um, I'm looking at uh, putting some more stuff on there. I do have my own token on there. It's so fun to use. It's so easy to use. That's why I like it. Um, and, and for the future, it's just going to continue to improve and improve. That's that's why the, that's why there's more and more people jumping into the network because of that. And the community, to me, what locked me into Ravencoin was the community. There is no community out there like the Ravencoin community. They are so helpful. They are so humble. Any questions you have, to me, they've always they've always helped me out. I've been to other other platforms out there and they, they're nothing but demons. I'm t- I tell you what, man, they're, they're, they, they don't help you out. They want to burn you as much as possible. You know what? Don't, but Ravencoin on the other hand has been very humble uh, and, and I'm very thankful that they helped me out through a lot of things. And I'm sure in the future, they're going to continue to help me out uh, and find the answers on how to code. Cause as for me, I'm just like, I, I, I'm just, I just tinker with code. I, I'm not, a, I'm not a developer. I'm not a coder. I'm not no hacker or anything like that. But it's fun just to just test things out. So I'm always asking questions um, in the Discord. Uh, is there any, is it, Mike? Is there any other way to uh, get connected into Ravencoin uh, community-wise other than Discord? Um, Discord's the best. Like if you just want to hear about what's going on, there's a Telegram. But if you want like two-way communication, you definitely want to be in Discord because they cool. they can help you out. Yeah, there's a lot of people on there, hundreds of people in, in Discord. Tons. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they're always always active all nights. I, I literally been up uh, up all night, and there's always somebody in there just to help you out. So, uh, so with that said, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're getting close to almost an hour in. Jake, Jake. Oh well. Hey. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm still sleeping, here. I'm still sleeping here. on the job. Yeah. Yeah, sleeping on no, the job. I am not sleeping. I, I have been up all day, but yeah, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> right, um, let me just uh, say that you guys can check out my, uh, you know, Jabberelli, uh, Jabberelli.com. Just a bunch of referral links. I'm not really doing any videos right now. Uh, mostly concentrating on Jabberelli Farms. So if you are interested, I am going to be putting stuff on my website that links to those who are interested in uh, in crypto mining. Uh, it's not a huge, not still a huge deal yet, but we are expanding. So hopefully in the near future, we can get more customers in. So if you're interested in, you're in the Sacramento metro, metropolitan area, Northern California, out here in the Central Valley, uh, we may be interested in having you in the farm. Awesome, Jake. Uh, but that's all I got on going on for now. Awesome. Keep that up, man. Stay focused. You know what the end of the road looks like, man. Stay focused. You got this, Jake. You got this. Hopefully there's no end of the road. I, I like this to go on indefinitely. All right, all right. Uh, Mike, where can uh, the Cryptonauts reach you? Um, I'm available on Discord as Boats and Hose. All boats one word. Boats and Hose. Boats and Hose, one word. <laughs> nice, nice. Great. So with that said, Cryptonauts, you can reach me Yeah, through the Discord as well, Cryptocurrency Chat. Definitely ch- uh, check me out on there. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, I, hey, Mikasa Sukasa, Jake, Mike, Mikasa Sukasa, Everyone else that's listening, Mikasa is Sukasa. My home is your home. You're welcome to come chit chat, hang out, talk about your experience in crypto. It's a great time. Um, you can reach me on Discord, cryptocurrency chat, or you can leave me a voice message through the Anchor app. So, with that said, Cryptonauts, Jake, Mike, thank you all for being here, and I'll catch you all on the next one. Stack sets and hodl. Adios.